Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And today we wanted to talk about something very important to recovery, and that is the concept of addiction. What it is, how it works, why it does what it does, and honestly, I'm kind of surprised we haven't... I was just going to say that. (laughs) How have we not talked about this yet? Yeah. Um, (laughs) This is a big one, and this is a really important one often early in the process to help, well, not only the person in addiction, but especially the spouse understand why things are happening, why it seems like they can't do things differently, almost like there's this compelling force behind their behavior. And that's important to understand brain chemistry in this process. Right. And I think, too, a big, huge place to use this information we're going to talk about today is as a parent, right? This helps you as a parent understand what happens when your children are exposed, what happens when they might start looking regularly at porn. I mean, the numbers are so high that, you know, if you are kind of in the dark with that and thinking that this isn't going to be a big deal for you, then we need to have a chat, you know, call us and we'll talk. Um, So you being able to understand this concept and then being able to convey them and teach them to your children so they understand how it works and how you can be easily sucked into this um, these types of things and then have it affect you for a very long time, right, is, is going to be important. So yeah, this is really a topic for everybody, you know, even if you're a grandparent, yeah. right, being able to understand this, being able to help your kids. Um, I think it takes a lot of the shame out of it when we understand how it works, right? Definitely. And, um, and it helps us if we can communicate how this concept works, how this process works, um, to those we love and, and care about. And I think it's important to understand, you know, we talk about this, who we are separate from what we do yes. and understanding more about addiction, I think can help us separate that out so that it does not feel so personal. Yes. It doesn't have to mean what it meant before, which is very easy to internalize when your partner is doing things that hurt you. But understanding mm-hmm. the why behind it and what's happening in their head, hopefully, is going to help. Yes. And I'm going to again pull that back to as parents, right? Because as parents, it can feel very scary to have your child come to you and talk to you about uh, viewing something. Or maybe you've caught them, um, you've found some some pornography and some websites or whatever it is that they've used to uh, to view And now you have to have these conversations and parents typically will come to me being really afraid of how in the world do I do this? I freak out a lot. I don't know how to talk about this. Um, And so when you understand these concepts, it helps you to be more calm and more present with them and understand, okay, this is how this works. And it can be a, a much better space to be able to move forward with them because your reaction is going to determine how well they are 
going to respond and how open they are going to be with you. Right. All those different kinds of things, right? You freak out and the thing going on in their head is going to be, well, that's the last time that I'm ever going to do that, yep, right? This is not a safe place to share. Yes. So. Which is, which can feel hard and it's not particularly fair, right? But <laughs> right. here, I've got to manage this perfectly. I've got to, you know. <laughs> So hopefully some of this information, you know, we've just been talking uh, recently a lot about, okay, how do we talk to par- talk about parents and help them? Um, that's a topic we haven't really talked a lot about. So we're definitely going to be jumping into that uh, in, in the future episodes coming up. And so this is just kind of that, that beginning point. Let's talk yep. first about what addiction is. So you really have a good handle on it and you have that in a way that you can communicate that with your children. Yeah. So what is addiction? So this has everything to do with the pleasure reward circuitry in your brain, which we now know, and we didn't know before, it used to be just substances only. So we knew that you could be addicted to drugs, for example. Um, But we now know, well, lots of addictions can be formed, including process addictions, things that Mm -hmm. you do that you're not actually receiving substances into your body at all. So this should have been kind of a no-brainer, right? Right. You think shopping (laughs) or gaming Uh or gambling or exercising. Mm -hmm. Work. Work, yep. No substances except what your brain's producing. Yes. And so now we know any, any brain reward circuitry issues... Uh, it can lead to addiction and addictive tendencies. And so this was really helpful information. And this has helped sexual addiction a lot too because that was part of this why sexual addiction maybe can't be an addiction because yes, well, it's not, you're a not taking anything and it's just so natural. That can't be twisted, can it? Right. right. <laughs> well, video games, I don't know. That seems like a pretty simple, harmless thing. And yet we know that that is a serious issue. So Yeah. And... To me, a lot of times I feel like these process ones can be more challenging to yeah. get rid of, right? Especially ones like sexual addiction, like um, pornography addiction, things like that, because what you're producing is not an external substance, right? It's actually natural to your body. Yeah. Um, it's not made to react like the natural thing in your body it is actually just the natural chemical in your body and you can access it whenever right we're talking about recovering from a a pornography addiction or um, lust addiction if you want to call it that which can have several different forms Mm -hmm. you have access to that 24 7 it's you can get that hit all the time, like yep. any time, right? So it becomes a lot harder to detox. Yeah. Right? You can't just stick someone in a in a room at a, a hospital where they don't have access to a drug and like, okay, you're going to be fine, right? And it's, the plan is to never touch that drug again. Right. It's like, poof, like, great. You can, you can control that um, and you can at least put them in a controlled environment for 30 days, 90 days, whatever, Um, but with a lust addiction, you've got images, you've got your body right there that you have access to. We're talking about masturbation and things like that to have that release. It's there all the time. It's like, it's, it's like having, you know, 
it's like having vodka strapped to your, you know, in your pocket or sitting right next to you on your desk as you're working all day, every day, right? Like it's, yeah. it's like something that is just always, always there, always accessible that you can't just click a button or throw everything away and, you know, not have it. Yep. Oh, so what is it that drives addiction? Uh, you've probably heard of dopamine. Mm-hmm. What is dopamine? Why is dopamine so important in this process? Well, we all have dopamine in our brains and we've all experienced dopamine because it's what makes us feel good when anything feels good. And so you think about some of the things you enjoy, uh, playing with your dog, uh, mm-hmm. laughing, smiling, things that are funny. This is the brain's way of saying, hey, this is pleasurable. Do this again. Let's make it easy to do this again. Right. And it's a good thing. Imagine no dopamine ever or no releases like that. And so right. the brain is wonderfully made and dopamine is, is probably our favorite chemical. <laughs> it might if we're be, going right? Just by how it feels. But where does it go wrong in addiction? Yeah. And why does it go wrong in addiction? So Sherry talks about how this is like a number and some things have lower numbers on the scale and then some things have higher numbers on the scale. And, and we know this because we can actually measure it now. So right. what do you mean by that? So if we look at, at our brains, our brains want us to be efficient and they want us to have this good feeling, right? So we get it from dopamine and, you know, there's a couple other chemicals that can be involved, right? And it wants us to, to, to try to dovetail those, put those together and see what we can come up with. So when we talk about lower number things, like maybe you go for a walk and maybe that gives you like a 10 and it takes you a half an hour and you get a 10 from it. Great. You know, you go meet friends for lunch that takes an hour and maybe it gives you a 30. You might, you know, take a, take a bath and read a book or play with your dog or, you know, all of these things, there's a time component. So the efficiency of receiving that or also the things that can be involved in that efficiency level are the ease of being able to mm-hmm. do it. You know, if right. you really love to ski, but it you don't have it's that much money and, and you got to plan and, you know, you really want to go with friends and that that becomes an efficiency issue, right? I can't just pick up and do that whenever. So you're going to be efficient. And also how much dopamine are you going to get from that from doing that right Right. so we all have these great menus in our brain we've got all of these different options of things that we can do and our brain kind of balances them out and thinks through them and decides what it wants to do based on a lot of these different things like oh i really want to go work out right now because my brain's like oh this is like something I can do right now. I can just walk out the door and go for a run. And it's easy. Yeah, I'm going to get this much out of it, and that will that will feel good, and that will kind of fill me. So there's our different levels, our different numbers, and they're based on how much dopamine you're getting from it as well as the efficiency of that activity. And then you introduce something like pornography right. or other substances or whatever, And these things are going to stick your dopamine. I mean, it's going to dump dopamine in your brain, like way more, right? Right. Because the pornography is connected to Mm -hmm. masturbation, orgasm. And Mm -hmm. orgasm is a chemical cocktail in your brain, unlike Mm -hmm. very few things we do. 
And so very strong. Guess what the brain does? It registers this as something to repeat. Yes. Which like super high levels of dopamine and all the other amazing cocktail that gets put into that. And this is like the fastest, most efficient thing on the planet, right? right. This can take seconds, literally, mm-hmm. right? So that creates a problem, well, with society today especially, mm-hmm. because of how accessible it is, how easy it is. Yes. And we haven't even talked at all about the emotional side of this, which is right. why would we have a need to have these sorts of experiences? Oh my goodness, yes. So you imagine life without walks or without playing with your dog or without mm-hmm. taking hot baths or spending time with friends. Um, you don't want that kind of a life. And so the brain says, hey, if I need something strong and powerful and a way to feel good, what's the fastest? What's the easiest? Mm -hmm. And once porn has been introduced and its corresponding uh, masturbation orgasm, this becomes like a go-to. Yes. And it registers like off the charts. Yes. Right? So this isn't a 10 or a 30 or a 50. This is like a thousand. Yes. And that's kind of where this problem stems from. Mm-hmm. And so you have to understand why the brain um, records it the way it does, why it wants it, why it tries to make it easy and go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what's interesting? The brain's not always doing what's best for you. Right. We, we get in this weird place with the brain where our frontal lobes, our prefrontal cortex is our higher order thinking reasoning. Mm-hmm. But the brain trying to do what's easiest and what's quickest, it comes from a different place of the brain. Yes. And this is yes. helpful in a lot of I situations, but it's not helpful in a lot of situations. And so in addiction, it's overriding our prefrontal cortex or our frontal lobes. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not just a willpower issue, like just, we'll just stop it. I mean, if you love me, you wouldn't do these things anymore. Right. But there's such a flood of emotion and feeling behind doing these things that it, it's overpowering. Mm-hmm. And that's where addiction starts to come in. And we're doing it when we don't want to do it. We're doing things we just don't want to do at all. Mm-hmm. It causes a lot of issues. A lot of issues. And when we're looking at kind of this addiction scale, right? Like it's kind of, it's the scale, right? Right. And so you have a really strong addiction on the one end, and then you have maybe a less developed addiction, and then you kind of start backing down to compulsion, and then um, and then you'll notice things lower on the scale. Like I was just telling David that, you know, when I'm under a lot of stress, little chocolate Cadbury eggs are amazing, right? And I can <laughs> eat more of those than I would like to choose to, right? And this right. is far down on that other scale where... You know, I can look at that and go, hmm, I probably shouldn't eat more of those right now. But that stress response and everything and like, I know I'm going to feel good pretty instantly when I eat a couple of those. And so I literally look at the bag and go, going to do that anyway, right? And so when we're looking at that, there's this this wide scale. And, And that's important because sometimes we get hung up on well, is this an addiction? Is it a compulsion? Is it like further down the scale to the other end? It doesn't matter. This is how the brain works. And so you may be down at this end, this the other end from addiction, but this is still how the brain right. is working, right? Yep. And recovery is the same. Like working through things is the same, 
um, it's just maybe a little easier on one end than it's going to be on the other end, right? right? So I just want to throw that out there because sometimes we get that, well, my pornography use isn't an addiction. It's just a compulsion or I just, it's a periodic usage or whatever. Um, but your brain is, is working the same way. It's just what level you're at at this point. Right. Right. Because the more that you're doing this, the more that you're dumping all these chemicals into your brain, the more your brain starts to go, wow, you know what? This feels really good, but also we're getting more than we need. Like this is off the charts, right? So what do I need? I need to put in a whole bunch more dopamine receptors to accommodate that, right? And so then you put in more dopamine receptors. And so now it's trying to accommodate this flood that happens. But then on the other hand, what happens when you're not looking at porn, you're not getting the thousand dump, you're, you can't get pleasure from everything else anymore. Right. That starts to drop off because now I don't have like 30 doesn't do it anymore. Right. Yep. And that leads to when you don't have, it leads to what David was talking about before. Like, what if you never had walks? What if you never had like connection? What if you never felt good? That's where we're ending up. You you become dopamine deprived, and that is not a fun place to be. So then, your brain kicks you back into, well, I know how to fix right. that, yep. and you get into that cycle of dumping more and more dopamine and needing more and needing more. That's where we come to that concept of pornography being a, a progressive um, situation, yep. right? Because you need stronger and stronger and more and more in order to not end up in that dopamine deprivation. Which is really sad that it forms a cycle, right? And mm-hmm. so you're depressed when you're not in this. You're maybe trying to quit, but you're not getting any kind of, of feel good like what the pornography would give you. Right. And so you feel depressed and your brain just says, Hey, we really need to do this. And it's a cycle that just turns around and around. Yes. Getting you to want to do that. Then you do that, but you don't want to do that. But then nothing else seems to work to make you feel good and nothing else can compare. That's the tricky part. And, and recovery is almost a recognition of, okay, the way this was is unnatural. Uh-huh. Not that you can't have really big spikes, right? Right. But you have to understand what's been happening and what's reasonable. And this is where your rational brain has to start coming in to kind of repair the damage that's been done. Yes. And you have to literally go in and start and and sit in some deprivation in order to start pruning those dopamine receptors back. Right. I mean, the only thing maybe comparable is, I guess you just quit porn, but you have lots of sex. But we don't want that to be be the way to recovery either. (laughs) In fact, what we want is sobriety for a while, just for dopamine levels to actually return to normal, which can happen. And that's important for, you know, parents of, of kids who are struggling with this. It's important for spouses to know, like, this is, it's not fun. It doesn't feel good to be in dopamine deprivation, Right. that sobriety space. And especially if you look at, at people who have um, severe sex addiction, like really solid sex addiction, when they go off of that, when they don't have access to that, it literally feels like they're going to die. Yeah. And so 
as we're looking at that, like that's an important concept to understand if you're on the outside going, well, just don't do yeah. it anymore, right? You <laughs> don't want to do it. You say you don't want to do it. Just stop. Like we're talking about some really serious situations in the body. And I've actually had a lot of success um, making an analogy to food and people mm-hmm. seem to be able to understand that better where, right. you know, we know lots of people, for example, that would like to lose weight or, or be more fit. Yes. And, and yet look at how hard that process is. It's not as simple as, well, hey, well, you know, if you just ate healthier and you just worked out more, right. you don't say, really? Yeah. Um, this is doing something for me and other things aren't doing this thing for me. And so if I'm just done doing this, what do I do? Right. So that can be helpful too. Yeah, some good good analogies, good connections to make. So we are going to talk about this for a couple of episodes. So we're going to sign off now and come back m- later, and we'll have some more ways of talking about this uh, with your kids, more ways of understanding it um, and being able to apply that in your relationships and understand, okay, this is what's really going on. And that increased understanding will absolutely help you Um, in feeling better about you as well, Mm -hmm. which is an important part of this. So stay tuned. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.